0: Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fempleman. How's everything going? Uh, right off, I'm sorry there was not an episode last week. Uh, there are a variety of reasons for that. One was that I lost power for three days and my life was in upheaval as a result. Uh, that sucks real bad, just so you know. Uh, and also, I was sad. I'm also, I'm, I'm like, not I'm not not sad now, but I'm not sad enough to record. Just last week, the idea of listening to my own voice for half an hour just was, was more than I could bear. But uh, I'm still not psyched about it, but I, I'm never going to be psyched about it. But uh, I don't know, it's better this week. It's not great. I'm still trying to figure out how to manage... (laughs) Manage depression short of actually getting professional help. Which, uh... And if you get professional help, bless your heart, you're smarter and stronger than I am. Uh... Look, we're not here to talk about what's wrong with me. I mean, in a very broad sense, yes, but not in, in any sort of specific way that could be useful. Uh... At work, boy, it's been a whole thing. I was exposed to COVID at work. Uh, and I got a test, and it's negative. And... <laughs> it's, the way they're handling it is very poor. It was it was one of two people who have been out for a week who, who had it. Uh, one of them I have never seen in person. And one of them, occasionally, comes into my office to talk to me about movies. Even though I'm working. Uh, So I don't know which one it is, but I still got tested and I'm vaccinated. I just wanted to be sure that I wasn't at risk to pass it along to anybody. And, you know, obviously out in the world, if I go to a store or a restaurant or something, I can't be sure of anybody's status, but all of the, all of the people I'm, you know, close to are vaccinated, but who knows who they interact. You know, it's a whole thing. I'm being responsible, but I don't have COVID, so. But uh, when they announced this at work, and it had been several days before they let us know, uh, they also they they did it via email, and part of it was, and they they noted in the email that the CDC recommends getting vaccinated for COVID nineteen, but we believe it's a matter of personal choice. So, <laughs> like they wouldn't even make a recommendation. This place is. This place where I work is so MAGA, they would not even, in response to somebody at work getting COVID, say, hey, vaccinations are good. No, they wouldn't say that. They would only say that (laughs) we're allowed to choose. Uh, They also said we were allowed to wear masks, which is very funny because I didn't know we weren't, we specifically weren't allowed to. And also, like, Every right winger, it's them deliberately misunderstanding the point of masks. Whereas I'm afraid of getting COVID? I'd better wear a mask. No, the mask it protects other people. Stop it! You know better. You followed the news at some point in the last 15 months. Uh, then meanwhile, my immediate boss at work has started posting anti-masker memes on Facebook. So I guess what I'm saying is, if anybody would has, <laughs> if anybody knows of. of <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows of a potential employer for me, please, please let me know. Keeping in mind, I have no skills. Frankly, it's a miracle I have the job I do where they do not care if I die from, a, from COVID-19. Uh, in fact, if I were to die, they would probably send out another email saying once again that they believe vaccines are a matter of personal choice. And they also probably would not acknowledge it was COVID that killed me and just let everybody deal with it. Look, it's a bad place. I I can't deny that anymore. Another work thing, and I don't like to talk about my work too much. And boy, I was going to say if somebody from work heard this, it would be a problem, but who's going to hear it? Come on, I know who my listeners are. And there ain't many of them, let's be honest. Uh Nobody at work is interested enough in what I have to say to listen to this. Uh, we had to do this, this uh, uh, cybersecurity training. Which, you know, you had to watch some videos online and then answer questions. And all of it presupposes that it is your first day on the internet. Like, just, you are an absolute dumbass. I mean they are telling you things like, no, don't click on surprise links from people you don't know that say they're the federal government trying to get in touch with you for your tax refund. No, don't do that. So it's that and it's but it's 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 a half hour out of my day, and we've been so busy lately I don't have half an hour out of my day to eat lunch. So I'm irritated anyway, but so I'm like, only half paying attention to the video, because it actually has to play all the way through before you can take the quiz, and you can take the quiz, provided you're not an actual moron. Uh, your grandparents could pass this quiz, no problem. Ah. Uh, but, so, I'm taking it, and it's all... I, I'm Like I said, sort of half watching the video, and it's all... Really, just basic stuff, and then all of a sudden, one of the tips they give you to safeguard your information is to monitor your information on the dark web. (laughs) And I'm sorry, what? I I I don't know how to do that. And I rewound the video, and it didn't tell me how to do that. Is that am I a man who can work a computer well enough to record and post a podcast with almost no editing? Uh, Am I that far behind that everybody is just sort of paying attention to the dark web (laughs) to make sure their information isn't for sale? Because it seems like if everybody could get on the dark web and keep an eye on their stuff, there wouldn't be such a thing as the dark web. For that matter, I don't even know how to access the dark web. Can I get there on a regular browser or is there like evil Chrome? I don't know, but it was baffling. I don't know. I've have to learn how to do this thing that apparently I have, I was supposed to have been doing all along. (laughs) Monitor your information on the dark web. Sure, why not? After all, I am Barbara Oracle Gordon. Great, cool. So, that's what I have to say about work uh, this week. That was a bad transition. Uh, here's the thing I maybe learned this week and I'm I'm sort of dealing with it and I maybe won't know until the movie comes out but the the next Marvel movie which comes out in September is is uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings which is about a man who does karate Uh, which the the new trailers are looking better I just it's just a little hard to be psyched about karate fights in a world where Thor and Ant-Man exist you know that's but you know I'm sure I'll probably end up enjoying it and You know, they got a good track record. i got no reason to doubt it. It's just not one... It's a little more of an uphill battle. Fine. That's not what we're here to talk about. We'll talk about it after I've seen Shang-Chi. But therein lies the issue, because I caught a couple minutes of one of those entertainment news... uh, like Entertainment Tonight or The Insider or whatever one it is, and they sent somebody to the premiere of that movie... Or maybe just the set i don't know Uh, i didn't pay that much attention but the guy pronounced the name alternately as shang chi and shung chi and obviously those can't both be right but it suddenly made me question this character's name that i have pronounced that way since i was a child and I mean, that's that's a common thing Like people who read comics get where they get these pronunciations in their head because, like when I was a kid, there was no outlet where these things were being spoken. So you just sort of went with it and you could have the wrong idea for years. Uh, you know, I worked at a comic store and I heard so many people say, say Magneto and the Submariner and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh So it's not unheard of. But also, in my entire life, including that stint working at a comic store, I never heard him called anything but Shang-Chi. And I will admit, I was working at a comic book store in the mid-90s and not the late 1970s, so there was much less definition of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. And also, it was the mid-90s, and I was working at a comic book store in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And... uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but pretty much exclusively white dudes coming in. So, you know, they didn't know any better than I did. And then I kind of went into a spiral. I'm trying to figure it out. And then I'm like, oh, wait, the director is Ang Lee. So that that sort of lends credence to to my pronunciation. But then... I look into it a little more, and oh no, Ang Lee is Taiwanese and not Chinese, so now I'm racist on top of that. And oh boy, guys, this is, I don't think I'll know until the movie comes out, because I don't think they say the name in any of the trailers. Uh, and even then, there still might be an issue for it. Like how in, in uh, the Star Wars movies, different actors pronounce different things character names in their own way. Uh, how do you pronounce Lando's last name? Ask two different actors and you'll get three different pronunciations. Uh, so that's that's sort of where I'm at with, with Shang, possibly Shang or Shung. Uh, those sound way worse. I hope mine is right. I don't know if I can take Shang-Chi seriously, but Shang-Chi, yeah, I'm on board do some Kung Fu that also sounded weirdly racist, but the son his comic was called master of Kung Fu. Uh, it's just the unfortunate thing when they made their first, first movie with a primarily Asian cast is all about, uh, all about martial arts. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're leaning into stereotypes one way or another, but they're trying and bless them and it'll probably be real fun. Uh, Weirdly, the abomination from the, the Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins. That's, wow, Edward Norton. <laughs> How did they get Tim Robbins and Edward Norton confused? And more to the point, when I was saying Tim Robbins, was I going to go the extra syllable and say Tim Robinson, son? And then really have me question, I mean, let's face it, if Tim Robinson had played the Hulk, <laughs> holy smokes, that is an entirely different Marvel Universe uh come on, I think you should leave meme accounts. Get me some get me some Hulk. I think you should leave matchups. <laughs> did, did you know Hulk used to be a real piece of shit? <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Alright, that's an idea I came up with that I do not know how to execute. So it's yours. Be free. Uh uh, oh yeah, so the uh, there's uh, the one of the villains from that movie is the Abomination, which is like evil Hulk, and he's in the the uh, they show him in the movie, which seems very weird to have a man who's good at karate and a Hulk villain, because uh, I feel like the the odds are pretty pretty weighted there. But also bringing back the Abomination sets up the. Uh, continues with the theory that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is setting up uh, setting up her own Dark Avengers, which is a theory I've discussed with a friend at length. And, you know, people on YouTube are saying it too, so it's not like that's exclusive. But, man, does it feel like they might be doing that, which would be kind of cool. It'd be fun. That's a lot of talk about a movie that hasn't come out yet and I don't know how to pronounce, huh? Uh, speaking of of movies when I last recorded an episode, I had just seen Suicide Squad and I was uh, pretty excited about it. And I still, I am still generally positive about it, but I talked to a friend who saw it and hated it. Like, passionately hated it. Like, felt the way about it that I felt about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And that sort of made me me uh kind of reassess some things and especially things that i had taken for granted as a result of me just loving the dc universe since i was 3 years old and uh, i am i'm a little less i mean it's still in the upper tier of dc movies but that is not a high bar to clear by any means uh <laughs> if you've lit your movie you're in the top half <laughs> uh but that that was interesting and it is it is fun to have a friend who enjoys this the recent spate of movies but is not uh did not grow up steeped in nerd stuff because you know you come to it as as a grown up and don't have all the feelings i've had about starro since i was six years old where this is a little tiny part of me that's just excited to see everybody's favorite mind control starfish in a live-action movie. Uh, but it's... i talking a lot about comic book movies today, but that's sort of par for the course for me as a human. Uh, it's fascinating just how bad that movie failed in theaters. Uh, and obviously part of it is that <laughs> COVID-19's being a real dick and hanging around and you know it's helped along by the not insignificant portion of americans who are selfish dicks and are choosing not to be vaccinated uh so obviously that's that's going to hurt it and the fact that it's on a it's streaming for free on hbo max uh not even like black widow which was on disney plus but you had to pay extra for it this was free to watch at home in an environment when it's maybe better to watch at home anyway Uh, And then there's this whole thing where (laughs) the the fans of the first Suicide Squad movie, which was bad. Sorry, Sam. I know you like it, but I think you like it ironically, even if you won't admit it. Uh, Now decided they want the director's cut of the first movie and will not watch this new movie. And there was never a director's cut of the first movie. There's barely a movie in the first movie. Uh, now, this, it's the Snyder Cup people got what they wanted, and that was legitimately like a contract ploy. Uh, but So you have this, and then the, the terrible Zack Snyder people who won't watch any DC movie until uh, Zack Snyder is given full control over the DC movies again, which he doesn't seem to want, and Warner Brothers has indicated is not even a possibility. But I guess they really want to see that movie where Superman destroys the world because Batman and Lois Lane have sex. I don't understand those people. God, they're the worst. Uh, so they won't So the, the DC fan base is so badly fractured uh, that I don't know that they, I don't know that they can have a successful movie again unless they make a good Wonder Woman. Uh, I should say another good one. The first one was good. 84 was not good, but the ways in which it was not good were entertaining, at least. Uh, my point remains, the chalice is so poisoned for DC movies at this point that I don't know that... I don't know that it's salvageable to keep going on with them. Uh, I mean, look, nobody loves DC more than I do. That's That's... If, you, if somebody says they do, they're lying. I'll fight them. But at this point, my... Like, my automatic attitude towards a Marvel movie, even if it looks kind of bad, is... I'll probably see it. Like, it would take a lot to convince... I'd, I'd have to see something and not like it before I'd start going, eh, maybe I can start picking and choosing. Uh, like, even the new trailer for The Eternals looks kind of good, and it's The Eternals. Whereas my attitude with DC now is... I will assume I'm not going to watch the movies unless there's something uh, like they have to win me over. I'm starting from a period of not watching. Uh, I mean, I'm going to see the the Robert Pattinson Batman movie because, you know, I'll watch virtually any Batman thing that doesn't have Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, I know some people like him. He did a bad job. Uh, and I'll probably watch any Wonder Woman movie that comes along because the first one was real good and the second one was at least weird. But, man, I don't know. It's a bummer that my favorite thing is uh, just not just letting me down on pretty much every front of late. Uh, it's sad. I miss those guys. I wish there was a DC thing I could wholeheartedly embrace, at least until uh, uh, the new season of Doom Patrol starts in September. Hey, as long as we're watching TV, talking TV, we could be watching TV. I don't know what you do when you listen. Uh, I assume you sit in a darkened room so you can focus. Uh, my new favorite show, Ultra City Smiths, wrapped up its first season uh, on AMC+. Plus. It will air next month on regular AMC for people who don't subscribe to a frankly overpriced streaming service. Uh... And I will talk about it more then when it's more available for people to watch. But I absolutely, it is, it was, (laughs) it was incredible. Uh, If you missed me talking about it before, it is the uh, comedy noir musical uh, where all of the characters are baby dolls. Uh, And... Like even aside from the gimmick that makes you stop and say, "What am I watching?" Like the the connections between characters were so beautifully drawn that I was I was being shocked by them uh, all season. Uh, I do think it was a shocking amount of hubris to end the season on a cliffhanger because I do. Hopefully, this I would love to see more seasons of it, but uh, I don't know that a stop motion comedy noir is going to set the charts on fire. Uh, You know, I'm still glad it exists exactly as it does, but, oh boy, would I have liked just a resolution. But it would have been impossible to resolve in six episodes, and it would have lost a lot of the world-building that I I enjoyed. So, look, maybe I shouldn't be complaining. Uh, I also wanted to... The voice acting in it is Tremendous uh like generally when famous famous people do animation voices a lot of times they're just sort of doing their own voice and not really sort of leaning into the like sort of the the heightened performance you need for animation uh i think bobs burgers is a really good example where when they get a celebrity uh they really do something interesting with it instead of, and as much as I've loved these guys all my life, uh, the Simpsons too often people just come and do their own voice. And it is not especially interesting. Uh, but this, the most, I mean, some of the broader characters are absolutely insane performances, but a couple of the real central characters are, they play it very real, which with this tone and this presentation, I think is a smart thing to do because it's already so what you were looking at is straight faced bonkers Ness. So the central character should maybe, maybe service that by going along with the, the vibe. Uh, and I think especially, uh, Jimmy Simpson, who's the lead character and, uh, uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who I'm not super familiar with, but I'm looking at her IMDb, and she's been in a million things that I've seen. I just don't know that I would have recognized her on sight. Uh, she, She plays the main character's partner, and it is maybe the best vocal performance I've ever heard. It's so natural and emotive, and just brings so much emotion out of this impassive baby doll face. It's it's so awesome. Uh, And she has a scene in the last... And uh, no spoilies, but... uh, The creator, Stephen Conrad, when he did his his first show, Patriot... There's a scene I love where this guy is just trying to get a minute for himself. And every character in the series who has a problem with him... In succession, approaches him to sort of reestablish the stakes of them being upset... And and you sort of get this whole thing of, oh, yeah, he's got 10 different things he has to deal with. And in her case, it's her getting a series of voicemail mortgages. Voicemail mortgages. Oh, my God, I worked way too long this week. A series of voicemail messages from everybody who's depending on her to fix their problems. And it is just heartbreaking. Guys, it's an awesome show. Uh, Also, I talked a little about it before I finished watching it. Uh... Dr. Death on Peacock, I thought was fantastic. And that was a recommendation from a friend. I probably would not have watched it just because the name Dr. Death has way too much cheese on it. And it's great. It's a true story of a very bad doctor who they had a very hard time getting him to stop performing surgeries and crippling people. Uh, They did a without getting too much into it, they do a cool thing with the storytelling where it jumps around in time a lot. And I didn't understand why they were doing that and in, uh, in, in eschewing the, like a chronological storytelling because it's, you know, it's a true story of a real guy. It's not a weird science fiction thing where time jumps necessarily service the story. But it lets you see him self-destructing in different ways at different points in his life. And if they had presented it chronologically, like the last two episodes would have just been courtroom stuff. And that would have been much less interesting than seeing seeing the titular Dr. Death uh, uh, hitting bottom in different ways at different times. Also, Joshua Jackson, who, you know, he's kind of famous for Dawson's Creek. Uh, I probably haven't seen a lot of things he's been in. He was on Fringe and he, was, he was good on Fringe, but also when was the last time anybody mentioned or thought about Fringe? Man, sometimes some of those cult shows, they end and they just don't exist anymore, you know? Some stuff carries carries hangs around forever in one way or another, and some things just end, and everybody involved moves on. And every once in a while you see an actor and go, oh yeah, they were on a, TV, a network TV show for five years. Uh, but he's he's really good in this. He plays the character at different points in his life and looks varying degrees of good and terrible. Uh, but during the courtroom scenes, he just has the most believable portrayal of a man who is tired of hearing people say bad things about him. Like there's not courtroom histrionics. He's not standing up to yell at anybody. He's not objecting, which he as a, the defendant can't do himself but that doesn't stop people on TV it just he just sort of looks like he's coming to the realization that oh maybe he is a bad doctor it is, it was great I really enjoyed watching it uh, this is, it's, it's good stuff thanks TV, Ted Lasso has been great I really enjoyed the most recent episode which was based around romantic comedy tropes and made me laugh very hard Um, quantity of TV I'm watching is way down from what it usually is. I think partly because pandemic stuff disrupted production, but also I'm like, it's okay for me. I'm realizing it's okay for me to not watch a thing I don't like, even if it's popular and people I know might want to talk about it. Like, it's okay. I can walk away. I don't need to watch walking dead anymore. It's bad. It got bad. I never need to think about it again. It's been very freeing. Oh my gosh, that's my phone. I apologize for that. Sometimes my mother calls me to tell me things that I know. I don't know, man. Uh, Also, you might have heard an edit because my recording froze up and I didn't realize it. And I kept talking. This was much earlier in the episode. So if you hear like a weird glitch, because I had to I had to stop because I talked for a good 45 seconds that didn't record and I didn't realize it until I was about ten seconds after the recording came back, so I had to recreate plus snip out the bad bit. And if this recording is a mess, it's because I did that wrong. Which is possible. Um it's very hot and I'm tired and I've had a bad week. Uh so I'm about to wrap things up, but before I do, we have to have a word from our sponsor. Uh, and we need to talk seriously about this. Uh, our sponsor is the uh, tremendous Uh, Here's the problem. Tees by Summer is obviously the best t-shirt designer on the internet. You know, like not even, not even close. The problem is this is a, this is a, a quality website uh, uh, run, run and created by a, a just a, a tremendous person. And here's the thing. Not to put too fine a point on it. Nobody cares what I think. Even you, a person listening to me talking for 30 minutes, does not care what I think. And why would you? But this makes me a bad spokesman. So, uh, in the tradition of uh, 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 Paul F. Tompkins and and uh, Hayes and Sean and Griffin Newman, it might be time to introduce a couple of characters into the advertising because if you don't if you don't like me, maybe you will like them. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you to a couple of uh, uh, teased by summer spokespeople. And hopefully this will not be obnoxious, but uh, I cannot say for certain at this point. I'm nervous about it already. Extra, extra, read all about it. TeasedbySummer.com, best t-shirt site on the internet. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. I'm Smitty. I'm a newsboy. Selling papers, you know, hustling for nickels. It's, it's, It's tough times out here. It's the Great Depression. Yeah, that's right. I'm in the I'm in the late thirties. I, you know, I I know a few things. I know I know we gotta keep an eye on what's going going on over there in Europe, or else we're going to get dragged into this this conflagration, whether we like it or not. I know that. Another thing I know, and nobody makes better T-shirts than tees by Summer. Here's the problem. I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak frankly. Uh, you can trust me I'm a newsboy. I got an armful of papers right here. You see how much the Dow Jones dropped? It's unbelievable. The, the, problem, the problem is I'm coming to you from 1938. I don't even have the internet. I don't know what that is. I keep saying teeth by summer.com. I don't know what com is. Uh you know, I'm sure one day it'll make sense probably to my kids. Rand kids, maybe? I don't know what I don't know what the future holds. So I, I only sort of know what it is. But oh boy, mister, these are great t shirts. Uh, even if I don't get most of them, a lot of them are references to things that won't exist for, for eighty plus years. So it's a little it's a little dicey, but it, you know, even if I don't, I can tell that I can tell they're really well designed. It's just good art. Uh uh, the Spice Girl shirt, I think is—I I think that's funny, even though I probably won't get it for decades. Uh, the the A5—I don't even know what that is. That's just a good design. I'd be psyched to have that on my body. The problem is, I'm selling papers for a nickel a piece, and and the Pittsburgh Gazette takes. I don't know why I'm selling. I I'm clearly a New York newsboy, and I'm selling Pittsburgh papers, which maybe explains why business is so slow. There's a lot of stuff under city council meetings in Pittsburgh. You know, nobody in Queens here cares about that. I maybe I need to rethink this strategy. But uh, I'm selling papers for a nickel a piece. The Pittsburgh Gazette takes four cents every nickel. I'm making a penny a sale. Look, these T-shirts are priced reasonably for you people in 2021. For me, in 1938, making a penny of paper, i got to sell so many papers to buy a t-shirt. It's possible to buy a mug, since that's cheaper, and I'll only have to sell like 1,200 papers instead of 2,000 plus. Even then, thats I mean, that's a tall order, but I'll hustle. Because they're great mugs, they're great t-shirts. I just want to buy some stuff. Anyway... If a if a small boy in 1938 New York selling newspapers from the wrong region you know who doesn't even understand what a website is knows what the best website for t-shirts is you got no excuse keep by it's a big thumbs up from Smitty hey there's a guy who looks like he needs a paper I'll be right back hey thanks Smitty look I believe that kid and I so we we're gonna do a couple of characters but uh my. My, my second character, I did for six full minutes and it never got funny, so I clipped the whole thing out and I'm going to reassess it. Uh, the premise I think was good, I just didn't get the execution of it. Uh, this is the most heavily edited episode of Fed Talks ever. Uh, anyway, uh, Point is Teeth by Summer is great, and hopefully we'll have another great spokesperson in the future. Uh, provided I am able to do another voice. Which, history has indicated, I am not, not able to. I don't remember how that sentence started, so I don't know how it ends. Uh, okay. Hey, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, as always, you can email me at fedtalks at com. Nobody does that. I would be excited to get an email. Uh, you can also... Uh, you can tweet at me at EJ Fettis. I'm on Instagram at EJ underscore Fetis, where I probably will not interact with you. Uh... <laughs> so my whole bit on Instagram is I only ever like one person's posts. But somebody else posted something that I enjoyed last week, and I so instead I left the comment that said, I liked this. <laughs> Which is something a sociopath would do. Uh, So I guess what I'm saying is don't follow me on social media. It will only lead to disappointment. But thank you for listening. Uh, This was fun. I feel a little better now. Uh, I cannot guarantee it was fun to listen to, but it helped me. So look, we'll see how this thing turns out. I had to do two edits. Uh maybe I should say something else controversial at the end and clip it out just to go for the hat trick. Or it'd be funny if I admitted something and then didn't cut it out and it'd be like you know, and the idea would be like I meant to edit it and then I didn't. Uh maybe that wouldn't be funny either. Look, I'm after listening to six min, listening back to six minutes of my second character who was a an English manor lord named uh Everett F. Teased by Summer who's jealous that summer.com got the website even though his family's business has been making urinal sieves for 260 uh, years and two generations. See, there was some stuff in there that could have worked and I couldn't make it work. Uh, so we'll probably never hear from him again. But maybe we'll get another spokesperson in there. Who knows? Look, I'm just trying to help sell some t-shirts. Lord knows I don't have the charisma to do it, but maybe a plucky young newsboy from 82 years ago is going to turn the tide. I'll see you guys next week. I realized last time I recorded an episode, I was going to talk about why I don't like Bill Murray characters, and I forgot until now, so maybe we'll talk about that next week. Or I'll wait until Bill Murray's in the news for something and then really slam him. Uh, bye. Fed Talks is a faux boys production. Wee, 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 wee!